kind of like one of a gift that you can give to your kid besides driving every other weekend to a tournament, whether it's a gas or whether it's to uh, a Nike, you spend so much time traveling, so much money traveling uh, uh, to chase this, uh, uh, to chase a scholarship or chase the dream of playing in college basketball. But what, besides that, those are resources. One resource that is left out is the game of basketball of watching it at the next level. If you live here in Dallas, this is the easiest example I can give you. We have JUCO, Texas Wesleyan for NAIA, who has won a national championship, multiple national championships, UTA, who's a, who's a mid-major type team, uh, North Texas, all of their success, SMU. It's real easy to get in a car and just say, oh, I'm going to go to, uh, to TCU, right? That's the Big 12. That's the, that's the best yep. league in the country by analysts. But don't forget about everybody else. Welcome to the Jamoti Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. Today we are joined by the recruiting analyst and event director for Great American Shootout, Lou Sertucci. Lou started out as a manager at SFA and then held a grad assistant position at Texas A&M Kingsville. In 2004, he joined Coach Kunstadt and Great American Shootout. For the last 20 years, he's helped run gasoline events all over Texas, as well as connected college coaches to high school players. Lou also co-hosts the GassoCast, a podcast by Great American Shootout. Whether it's tournament recaps, player rankings, or in-season analysis, they're your source for all things Texas high school basketball. Before we hear from Blue, take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media at Jamoti Podcast. There he is. Man, I give, I'm giving myself away. Centerpiece. Oh. Can you Look see at that? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. That's, that's incredible. Oh, I, you know what? I couldn't see. Tell me, is, are those signatures at the bottom? They're, they're, they're fake. They're fex, fex, what are they called? Not fex. Yeah, facsimile. Okay. But I don't have any, I don't have any cards with their signatures on it. So I had, I had a Yoda once and that sold for. So what you're telling me is that, uh, is it Star Wars, uh, Godfather or neither? It's Star Wars. It's, it's hard. I'm a, I'm a Godfather guy. Like, okay okay oh we can talk i mean dude i'm just like let's keep going no i because uh i love i love here's, the fact that you have that behind you here's the thing um a couple things here and you can edit this in i don't care oh it's yeah. this is all in just so you know okay okay so when it's i don't know what it is but when i need some noise in the background there's two go-to things i do <laughs> one i turn on star wars and just let it roll and then i'll go to empire i'll go to new hope empire strikes back all the 70s and 80s stuff yeah charlie brown interesting <laughs> put charlie brown uh cartoons in the background and just let it roll that white noise just kind of kind of works for you a little I'm, bit i'm very nostalgic in everything yeah um I mean, my, my kids listen to 70s and 60s music with me, and they're like, oh, wait, wait, who, who is that? You're a good parent. You're a good parent. And so they, they just consistently, I mean, that's the way I grew up, is that they just. Yeah. Now, do you, get into, do you get into the, you know, the episodes? Because you're talking about four, five, and six. 
Do you get into episodes one, two, three, uh, seven, eight, nine? One, two, three were very difficult for me back in yep. the nineties, and yep. as they set up, but I was there at I was there lined up at midnight to watch them, and then um, I think actually number two, the, the the Attack of the Clones, is a very very good kind of storyline that they start going into, and then the third one, oh gosh, when when Anakin becomes Darth Vader, oh powerful. This is not- I think though too that's also one that I haven't let my kids watch yet because yeah. there's a lot of just like the it's, symbolism. It's dark, very dark, and it's sad to see where he came from and the sweetness. I mean, if you're a parent and you've ever like, I think the things you and I have younger kids and like they're, they're not adults yet. Like the thing that is probably the the biggest worry is not that they'll make mistakes; they will. How big, how far will they go? Will they still be that sweet? You know, will that like wow. do we still get to see that part of them? And you lose that in Anakin. And, and the only part of it, I, I'll tell you, I, I I feel the same way. One, one was difficult, but then you know, again, learning more about probably the biggest character. Somebody say Luke's the biggest character. I don't know. I think it's all about Anakin, it's all about Darth and 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 his redemptive redemption story throughout, but uh, it's when he becomes they they get him in all the stuff, and he has that no scream, you know, no. Yeah. It's so bad. Like, how many takes did it get just to get that? And it was no one sitting there in the editing room going like, "This doesn't sound good." It's just the best gift that you could actually use in responding to but i was i was a fan of that one though i did i i, I liked yeah. it my kids so my kids are really they're in the star wars they said i've uh i mean they're nine and seven so they've like yeah you've uh, done it with charlie brown um lego star wars is pretty legit too they, like yeah, it's it's like, it's clever we've, we've done that like yeah we we'll we'll screen some stuff and we'll, and we'll watch it with them but uh but yeah it's um this is what you wanted to talk about, right? This is what our, our we wanted is, our session uh, to be about is about Star Wars. And you want to know me personally, which I think that you know a lot about me. Uh, <laughs> you know what? There's just like it's it's just an open door. I mean, and you got a guitar in the background. I mean, is that uh, uh, you I dabble? With, I can mess around with like the A D E. Also, all the romantic songs of the '80s and '70s. I, at one point, I wanted to be a DJ as I was growing up, and so uh, awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, but then I, uh, I don't know. As as I was in, uh, you know, high school and getting into college, like I don't know if I want to work a graveyard shift from twelve, from midnight to four or five, and nobody be listening. So yeah, Sam Sam will play name that tune of the eighty songs, and I can kind of you got it. I'll, I'll just I always <laughs> hope that eighties and eighties. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of- I always but, hope that these talks. I mean. That people are, I, I, I believe most uh, everybody's transparent and and authentic with their answers. And I'll, I'll, so I'll bring a little bit. Literally last night, it's just funny that you have that guitar. Literally last night, we're watching one of these NBA playoff games, and uh, I've been listening to, uh, fascinated with people's daily habits, just like the morning routines. The not that I have a great one. Uh, the evening routine, I really struggle with that, but just love to hear like what people do, what what sets them up for success. So somehow got turned on to this guy. I think it's Ben Ben Greenfield. 
and I may be butchering that because literally it was just yesterday, but he has this, oh man, robust date, morning routine, night routine. But one thing he does at night is 15 minutes of some type of instrument play. And the whole idea with him was connecting his mind and his brain to more of that artsy side. So like you in college, like I think most 19 to 20 year olds, we pick up a guitar and think, yeah, I want to learn how to do a couple things. So I know very simple course, but I got that guitar out last night. My, you know, my, my son and and my wife are sitting there and they're looking at me all strange because I've never in 10 years, never my fingers. And all I did was just kind of strum and just play around a little bit. I, my fingers are on fire today, but it's just funny. I, that's something I want to start to do for 15 minutes a night. And just to connect to that, that kind of side of either my brain, because, uh, you know, with work and basketball, you, you, I'm, I'm, it's just not very artistic, yeah. except for the way we play. I do not. <laughs> uh, wife plays piano. Son is in piano lessons. Um, the nine-year-old is, and he did a recital a couple weeks ago. Uh, he kind of blew me away. Wow. <laughs> and, I, and, and everybody in that uh, elementary school age that were there. And then, uh, He's starting to pick up the drums. My youngest son, as uh, we got him electric guitar, because we're going to put him in lessons over the summer. And he uh, he's, he's kind of funny just because he just strums and not knowing what to do. And I, I show him a couple like E's or, or, or D's or something very simple. And he'll just sit there strumming it the whole time and, and singing. The singing pattern and strumming at the same time, not everybody can do that. Yeah. So I just kind of just laugh yeah. at him. It's kind of goofball stuff that... Uh, that we mess around with, but we're big music people here. So there's any kind of genre of like Motown, fifties, doo wop, Beatles, Elvis. It's then all the questions start coming in from that. Yeah. It's just, we're very diverse. Well, man, selfishly, I've, I've been really looking forward to this call because I've enjoyed our friendship over the years and, and feel like, especially in the last maybe five, five years or so, been able to get, closer with no learn more about you but with, for this time to find out even more because i think you you're in the business of helping young people realize their dreams which is so cool but i would imagine you you probably are just uh you're asked a lot of questions about other people uh, this i'm excited to get to learn more about your way of thinking how you see things so just honored that you give up your time here man this is this is awesome. This is great. I know we've been talking about it a long time. You have a long list. I'm glad that you can kind of fit me in and and we just uh we'll just have fun. I'm fitting other people and not you. Okay. Don't get <laughs> no. Um so I think before I have a few questions that um because again, I think you're 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 a little different with the way that you watch the game. And and so I want to get into that. But first, I love to know a little bit of just how you got into this role. And the the side of basketball, it's really important for players. I mean, you've really done a great job of filling that need for them. So how did this all start for you? It started just with the, just heading up uh, to Converse Judson uh, Summer League. And so they just needed some coaches. And um, I was always into baseball before. So, uh, but just like the speed of the game, and I had always watched it. I mean, I, I grew up in the 80s and the 90s of, of some of the greatest basketball players of all time, whether it's NBA or even, even college, watching Christian Leitner. Yeah. Uh, went to, obviously, I went to Converse Judson High School, and I got to see the battles of 
Judson and East Central and Sam Houston, San Antonio, Sam Houston. Uh, and it was uh, an amazing time that I, I didn't know. Like I was talking to somebody the other day, even my wife, I'm like, how did I get here? Like, how did my path really get to this point was one, just kind of dumb luck. I mean, I just show up, I start um, helping out just, just in a summer league setting. Uh, then it grew into actually running the summer league program at Judson and for Mike Wacker. And so people don't know like all of these little details about me, but guess where I took my, the teams, we went to Gasso. I was the guy running around just like everybody else talking to Sam and Mike, not knowing what was going to be set up in the future for me. I mean, this is mid nineties, late nineties. And here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm tugging on their, on their uh, shirt. Dude, I got division ones. I got division ones. I joke around to this day. The four kids I told them that were division one, I was right about in all nice. four division one. And it's just kind of a running joke just because, you know, Sam, Sam will sit there and go, I had no idea who you were. You were just kind of always at the San Antonio Gasses. We drove up to Denton uh, when, when uh, the, the big uh, July event was up in Denton that I believe you played in. That's right. And so, the, the, these steps that I took were probably not really, um, not going to say unique, but wanted to be a major league baseball scout and then turning down a job with the Astros to take this job. Um, you know, here I am because I went from, I graduated later in life. That's no, nothing to be ashamed about, but I graduated and I went to Stephen F. Austin. I was a manager there. Um, and then started traveling with the, the Gasso, whether they were in San Antonio, I just meet them there for the weekend, Dallas, Houston. And that's just kind of where it was. And, and I looked at it, not so much to get a job with them, but there was at one point when I was at Stephen F. Austin, I'm standing next to Steve Lutz, who was, uh, you know, now the head coach over at Western Kentucky. And I'm standing next to, to Coach Lutz. And I was like, this is what I want to do. Because I thought I was going to, I want to be a high school basketball coach. And so, um, He's like, what? I go, I just want to go and recruit. And I did get that opportunity. I went to Texas and Kingsville. Uh, I remember I went on a 31-day uh, recruiting hunt. <laughs> and uh, I went to see a lot of basketball games. And, of course, Division II rules are a lot different than Division ones. So I went all over the state, met up for, obviously, uh, uh, any type of scouting um, pregame stuff that we had for if we're at Stephen, uh, Stephenville playing Tarleton State go there after the game, get in the car, start driving to Dallas, go run around. Mm -hmm. And that's just really, I have a lot of, I'm very fortunate that I have a lot of little experiences at different places along the way, watching division one, watching division two. And then when you're in division two, as you know, you, you're watching, you're playing against NAIA, you're playing against, you know, other non D ones. And uh, one lesson that I did learn from, from coach Kunstadt, which there's a plenty of them. <laughs> my Kunstadt was, you know, we were sitting around it, and I'm sorry if I'm jumping around. No, you're good. The way my brain works. And so, um, you know, he was uh, obviously he was testing me in some way. He's like, hey, give me your top 10. And uh, I'm like, well, that's easy. Those are all the top high major, mid-major players. He's like, if you can't figure that out, then you can't figure anything else out. Because placement of level of play is so important, mm. even to this day. And I've just been mentored by by Mike Kunstadt, Sam Lowe, Steve Lutz, and so many other people. Ronnie Terry was the first phone call that I received about re recruiting one of the, the players that that I was just coaching in summer. And it was nothing, 
it, it wasn't that he was coming to me. He was talking to Mike Wacker. He was talking to me uh, as it turned out to, to be Tim Burnett, who went out to uh, UNC Wilmington uh, with Rodney back in, oof, I don't know if that's 2000, 2001. But anyway, there's just so many people that transformed uh, my life to where I am today. And, and um, you know, like I said earlier, I was a baseball guy. So when when I turned down a job with with my childhood team of the Houston Astros growing up with Nolan Ryan as my um, <laughs> hero i mean it was an immediate no yeah and I, I, I was already told by uh said i was going to come in full time that was back in 2004 so there's a couple things with your story that, that i really like one is i appreciate your humility by saying dumb luck but you and i both know i mean you look back over your path at maybe at the time it didn't seem like a big thing but now looking back there's those those little tiny key moments me meeting tommy thomas at a at a camp during my eighth grade and ninth grade summer, you know, I lived up in Pennsylvania. Meeting him, I told him the other day, uh, there's not a person in my life that's changed the trajectory of of it like like him. I mean, God putting him in my life at that time. So you and I both know not no such thing as dumb luck. But then also the yeah. the power the power of showing up. I mean, I just wrote that word down. Like I think now. Uh, that's a skill that players need to have. They need to continue to show up, uh, even even at our workplace, if, if or as coaches. Man, there's days where that parents it's really tough where our team's not playing well. Well, we have to continue to model that skill of showing up for our players and, and for for our parents too. So I, I just appreciate that. That's something that you had that ability to show up. And I know knowing Coach Kunstad, I, I bet that was a a huge thing to him. Well, also showing up right there is kind of key because I wasn't auditioning for a job for him as I was this gopher of go do clock and book, go run over here, take the food down to court two, go do this. Hey, go watch play on, on court three. It it was more of me trying to make sure I had a reference of like when if I was going to go into the college coaching or yep. where I was going to wind up next. And I never knew that's what it was going to lead to. But I didn't know. I mean, eventually you get to a point. It's like, oh man, this is great stuff. This is you. You, you sit here and you just the, the amount of relationships that are built. You know, I just you know remember so many times being in the in the gym and you know <laughs> you know uh, uh, whether it was Duke or Kentucky, whoever it was. I mean, there was always an opportunity there to go help and to go. Uh, whether it was to go correct something in a book or get somebody a new name. And, and it's just things like that, that added to moving me into this direction too. Yeah. And so the relationships are big and you say about showing up also is that you just never know who's kind of watching and that's kind of where recruiting is. That's where you just don't know who's in the building. You don't know uh, who might like something that you possess that they're lacking, whether on a basketball court or, hey, or even in life in a business sense of like what your job, because you're not just out here. I don't think kids should just sit here and think I'm out here to be the best basketball player. I'm out here to be the best, probably teammate first. And teams are in every part of corporations or in every That's part right. of business that you that you have. And where do you fit? And then you find your role because not everybody's going to be the best brainstormer. Nobody's going to be the best. Uh, leader of maybe 50 people, people, but you can lead five or six and have influences on those people. I just think that anything with, with, with sports is we have both come across 
piques a lot of people's interest because they want to hear stories. They want to know more about you as a person and how that's going to relate to your next job, whether it's on the basketball court or in an office, an engineer, a teacher, and so forth. That's a great point. You know, typically, if you've been successful in on a sports team, then you you understand things like knowing your role, also delayed gratification. Uh, that, that's such a valuable lesson and, and that people need to know. And automatically, when, for these kids, for these young men, when they put on their you know college transcript or their job application one day that they played high school basketball, automatically they get put into a category of okay has been a part of a group, knows how to hopefully work with others. Coaches, the Jamoti Podcast is powered by Bology. Manage and measure your players' skill development and increase accountability year-round utilizing the Bology app. Boost inter-squad competition with drills backed by the National High School Basketball Coaches Association, including a 40-shot Bology skills assessment. Please visit Bology.com teams for information on how you can provide this resource for your team. I wanted to ask about uh, intangibles because obviously, I mean, you were just watching over the summer thousands of players, and the like, like Coach Kunstad said, you better be able to recognize the top ten, those yeah. guys that are just blowing you away. But there's a large chunk of players that are underneath that. I mean, the majority of them. What are some intangibles that jump out to you when you're on just in a gym evaluating a bunch of players? I think the first thing that catches anybody's eye is athleticism. I mean, when you're when you're looking at a player, the athleticism of somebody is going to stick out more than anything else. How you run, your stride, your ability to to get off the floor for a rebound, not just a rebound, but just the second chance rebound. Yes. Then obviously you have to have some type of feel as a person watching and evaluating. And I think that um when you're when you're getting into having to watch a game, whether you watch it from a view of, uh, did you see the back cut? Did you see the down screen? Or if you're just watching the play in general develop along with the how the player plays the play and what they're going to do. I mean, it's that's why athleticism is so important and so valuable. But we also know shot making is what mm-hmm. wins games. I mean, we got, I, I've, I've been uh, – uh, able and always try to circle a, a game or two to go see y'all and what do you do you're looking for the, the open shots if you can't hit open shots yeah more than likely you can't play at the next level you can't you're, you're gonna your your percentage is gonna be lower anyway when somebody can test your shot or is guarding you but if you're open wide open and you can't hit shots that's a little bit of a problem so that goes on to the second point of what do you do if you don't have the athleticism? Are you a shot maker? Are you a defender? Are you a switchable? So many, it, there's a lot of emphasis now on just being a switchable player. Can you guard the one, the two, the three? Where are you most yeah. valuable on the, on the court? Uh, I don't have all the answers because I see the game so differently. Because when you line up uh, Sam Lowe, who's been doing this for 27, 28 years, who, who saw you play, um, you know, or, or Ryan uh, Massett, yeah, Lyndon Cook, anybody that we have out there evaluating, we all see it a little bit different. And so it's always good that we have the ability to say, uh, Sam, and he's my compass just because I've been with him for 22, 23 years. Like, I need you to go watch this kid. Yeah. And so you all see, you, we all see things differently, but the athleticism, the shot making ability, the um, toughness, toughness in working hard are skills. Yes. You can't teach toughness. 
you either have it or you don't. And you can't, and you can fake it, but it's seen very quickly of if you're, if you're fake tough. And so, you know, those types of, those types of things, along with the emotional, uh, uh, how do you play through certain peaks and valleys of a game? Um, your character as a, as, as a player on the court, your emotions, your body language, uh, what it's, it's very easy to pick out the, the, the guy that's kind of sour because he's sitting on the bench and you got 11 other guys in a huddle, including managers and trainers. And you got the guy right there with the, yeah. I love that. We also like attention. No, I was just gonna say, we also like attention, but that is negative attention that is getting thrown on you. No doubt. No doubt. There's two sides to that attention coin. You definitely, um, I, I will always tell the guy like have pride in or arrogance in showing off control when you play and control, not just in how you handle it, but also your emotions, your enthusiasm. Um, I love that list that you have there. It's just funny. You mentioned Sam. I'm thankful for Sam and, <laughs> and, and coach Kunstad one for, for hopefully not basing everything off of athleticism or else I would have been, passed over because like I was looking at that list I thought okay average athleticism but then you start to get to feel shot making and then thankfully because of guys like coach Thomas toughness and hardworking, and then because of PGC like attitude but I, so like for players out there it's not just being you can be average at one of these areas but you can't be average in all of them and you can't be bad, really bad, probably in any of them either. Like I was an average athlete, not putting my chin on the rim, but it's, I could move. But the other part, like there was more of an except, and this is this is not humble at all, but I think there was for a high school kid more of an exceptional um, piece too. But I think it's important for coaches to explain like kind of that scale right there and and be honest with players of where – we see them at, but then give them the tools, the roadmap to hopefully improve. And, and, and to kind of add to that point, you know, of like what I personally look for, you know, it, it, and I guess this goes more into probably your philosophy of coaching also is that I want to see a guy that's, that if you're a shooter, if you're, if you're a guy that's going to run the lane, that you're going to run the wing, what are you doing to get open? And I know this is very specific, but what are you doing to get open? Because so many times that I'm, I'm watching now, if, if you have a really good point guard or a point guard that will at least get the ball in the middle and you're, you're filling the lanes and you're going toward your basket in an offensive transition, what are you doing as a wing? I see so many times guys just stop at the 45-degree angle. Yeah. Why are, are we not teaching, interchanging? Are we not teaching? You know, where, where I have to make sure that I'm not faulting somebody because they're, they're running the play or are they just stopping? Yeah. And then you can figure it out real quick when some guy's just sitting there clapping and with his hands open, you just stopped. You're not moving. You're not making yourself. Uh, I think that goes to feel. Um, some of it may be strategy. Like we teach our guys at any point, why can you cut to right to the basket? Because I don't like rim cuts for no reason or going going rover. We don't do that. So it has to be organized. There has to be a purpose. But if there's no defender between you and the basket, by all means, in transition, rim run. Like get there. But the moment that you recognize, which is a big word, that you recognize that there is a defender between you and the basket, then we need space. And so we get to the deep corners, block extended, because to me, stopping at that free throw line is a lack of feel, a lack of 
basketball cue because the moment that you stop at that 45, your defender does too. And then any type of gap that the primary ball handler might have had is taken away. So like I I I completely see that as feel for sure. Yeah, and and that also once again leads into the recruitment of somebody because I think that I think that that I have done this in, in long enough within my experience of multiple of being courtside for multiple um, uh, levels of, of college basketball is that some guys don't fit in every box because you could be a freakish athlete, but you you're low on skill. So mm. where, what boxes that put you in on the on the uh, on the level of play at the next level? Yep. And so then you're talking about high IQ, the feel of the game. I mean, that so much of that has to come from the guards and from your wings, um, just because the big man in today's college basketball game is utilized so much differently than it was 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, working off high ball screens. And so those are all key little elements that I look at to see uh, what uh, how somebody is going to obviously hopefully take to the next level. Do they have enough tools to get to the next level and where are those boxes that they really uh, fit into because so much of, so the, the levels are different from division three, the JUCO all the way up to, to D one and not parents don't want to hear this, but not everybody's D one. And just because you can't play D one doesn't mean you can play D two. And so it's, it's amazing. Cause I've come through a lot of conversations, even with former uh, college uh, basketball coaches um, that, that like to hear our opinion. Um, but even there, even, even talking to them, you know, they see the game so differently and they have, obviously they have a bias. It's their mm-hmm. kid. So it's, it's, uh, uh, going out there and watching games is one thing, but I have to actually, if somebody asks you a question, I never shy away from it. You just have yeah. to be, you know, you, you have to kind of know your, your, your limits of, of who you're talking to sometimes too. One of my least favorite phrases that coaches put out there, you see it in pictures all the time, is be a star at your role. I understand like what they're getting at. Like, like, and I agree, whatever I tell my players, whatever you need to do, whatever role you need to fill to get on the floor, do that. But yeah. don't think that, okay, if you're just a hustle guy, charge taker in high school, those are the two things that you do. Don't think that that's going to train, but you have aspirations to play at the next level, that that's enough. So, yes, maybe at Grapevine Faith Christian School, that's just in your sophomore. Your role when you get into the game is to give amazing effort uh, to get to play good defense, to rebound. That's usually it would be make open threes, too. But for the for this conversation, but what I would come around and tell them behind the scenes is if you do want to play at the next level, you like and you said it, you got to be able to make open shots. And the more that you can create for yourself and others, to me, that just makes you so much more valuable in whatever system or scheme that that coach sitting there watching, he sees you do something. Oh, yeah, that will work with what we do. So like to me, I, I think that list that you said almost <laughs> validates my idea of like people who use Dennis Rodman or um, Patrick Beverly uh, yeah. uh, as examples. Rodman averaged like 20 in college. Like he scored just because in the NBA, he had one game where he had zero points and 26 rebounds. Doesn't mean that's the path for this high school kid to play at the next level. That's just my, sorry, soapbox. 
I'm off of it now. Oh, no. But but those are like really good examples. And every team probably needs somebody that's willing to go rebound. And that's that's another skill that uh, um, that, you know, the, obviously the bigs need to go do. Believe it or not. I mean, I'm five, six. But when I was at Stephen F. Austin and I was at Texas A&M Kingsville, my job was to work with the big men. And hey, you know what? I, I would probably say I'm probably pretty tough because I got a lot of elbows in my face, a bloody nose one time. And I, I get I get hooked by this one guy. And I said, man, I wish you played against that way in the game. I'm five, six. I'm, I'm glad. Take tough. And so it's one of those things that where I am drawn to like the big man game of the footwork, the just being able just to pivot correctly and face up. The, the hands, the way you move from block to block. I mean, those things right there um, are kind of natural for me to watch, even though these guys are a foot taller than me, or sometimes maybe even, uh, you know, 16 inches taller than me. They could be 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, and, and so it's, it's um, being on the sideline, I've just, I've just learned a lot. I watch a lot of college basketball too, and that's the one thing, um, you know, you talk about soapboxes. This is my one thing, especially for parents, is that, People are guessing, I think, out there at levels. And so but what have you done as a parent? You know, people because parents will ask. We've done at our camps. I brought this up. You've been to our camps before. Yep. And, and the greatest kind of like one of a gift that you can give to your kid besides driving every other weekend to a tournament, whether it's a gas or whether it's to uh, a Nike you spend so much time traveling, so much money traveling uh, uh, to chase this, uh, uh, to chase a scholarship or chase the dream of playing in college basketball. But what besides that, those are resources. One resource that is left out is the game of basketball of watching it at the next level. If you live here in Dallas, this is the easiest example I can give you. We have JUCO. We have we have JUCO with and I'm not going to list everybody, but you have Collin County. You have the ability to get to Collin County. Texas Wesleyan for NAIA, who has won a national championship, multiple national championships. UTA, who's a who's a low, who's a who's a mid-major type team. Uh, North Texas, all of their success. SMU. It's real easy to get in the car and just say, "Oh, I'm going to go to uh, 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 to TCU." Right? That's the Big Twelve. That's the that's the best yep. league in the country by analyst. But don't forget about everybody else. Yeah, UTD. With yourself. UTD is the, the yeah. three, DBU. I mean, we just yep. mentioned every level yep. here. And if you go to Houston, the same thing. Dallas, if you live in a, in a big Metroplex area, you're going to be able to get to that. And those, sometimes those games are free. You just have to spend time and gas. And I think that's such a crucial part of learning who you are as a player that it's not taken advantage of. Anybody can sit and watch Big Monday. But that's not who everybody is. That's a great nugget, man. And not something that I've thought about is how uh, we're, we're not utilizing the resources that we have uh, in this area wisely. And, and as a coach uh, with players that have aspirations, what a great idea to say, hey, like, what what level are you thinking about? Well, I'm this and and I really want to play here. Well, hey, let's go. Let's go down to UTD. And let's watch a game. Let's watch Coach Butterfield. Let's watch, uh, you know, Coach Gron over there, like, like at, at University of Dallas, because I was working the Mavs coaches clinic last last or fall, and Coach Butterfield's group was uh, who we used the UT Dallas players D three coach. They were they were humongous, 
Like they they were they were all I was one of the shortest dudes on the floor. And I'm thinking this is division three basketball. For those people, for those guys that might maybe players I've had or for anybody that turned their nose up at that, go and watch how elite of basketball it is and eat at that level how big they are. Like it's it's just harder than you think. And and you have to sit there to experience it to see it and to appreciate it. Yeah. I have talked to many parents that have asked me that question, had to ask me a question of what can I be doing? And they actually go and do it. And if I get a return call or I bump in someone like, you were right. My son has a lot to go in order to really get where his, where, where his, you know, his dream is. Which yep. is division one. And there's different paths to division one, especially with the portal, which I'm sure we'll get into. But one thing I will say about division three is think about what kind of, uh, and this is not an advertisement for Division Three, but it's a it's a league that sometimes people go, ah, it's D three. Think of those coaches. Think how hard those coaches work. They call, say they have a list of ten. They got to find out grades. They yeah. have to find out uh, what they're interested in because they're usually you, you're going to get the Division Three is going to have some type of specialty school. You know, UTD is is, is uh, like computer technology type stuff. Uh, they have. And so what happens is they have to ask all these questions. They're going to strike out probably 90% of the time and then go to the next list and go to the next list. Think of how many, and I've told this to division ones uh, that were looking to like hire a guy from division three They go, Hey, you've worked with this guy before. What do you think? Well, they're the most thorough people out there. Yeah. Brains have to work differently because the game is different. The recruiting is different. Their pool of players is much larger because they, it, it's much larger until it starts shrinking when people say no, 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 no. Um, and, and guess who the first people that call are the ones that said no, 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 no. They come back. <laughs> but I mean, that's, a, that's yeah. something else they kind of keep in mind. Never never uh, squash a gift is what my friend has, has told me. Uh, and a phone call and, and this, where we're at with recruiting, a phone call should mean a lot to a lot of people. Mm. It's, it's a little bit of a gift. Coaches, the Jamoti Podcast is powered by Shoot360. The future of basketball has arrived in Dallas-Fort Worth. Shoot360 combines the latest sports technology with the fundamentals of basketball skill development. The result is a -a one-of-a-kind video game-like basketball program designed to improve your shooting, dribbling, and passing. Visit Shoot360DFW.com to learn more and register for your free one-hour workout evaluation. Shoot360, the future of basketball is here. You've talked a little bit about how the conversations that you get to have with these coaches at your events or them calling you. Let's say they're calling about Johnny. And what what questions do college coaches typically ask you? Because obviously they've seen him if they're talking to you about him or maybe not. Maybe that, hey, I heard this name. What have you looked at? But most likely they've seen him. But what questions are you getting from those college coaches about players? First thing is, how good do we think he is? And I say we is because there's a lot. We are fortunate that our company has four or five evaluators that uh, that we can reach to, and we talk about these kids. I mean, it's not just us watching it and sending a tweet out. There's a lot of things in the background that goes on to help the college coaches. So when that initial phone call, they want to make sure, just like anybody else, you know, hey, if I if I do the dishes and and I clean the uh, the, the stove, I, I like it when my wife goes, oh, wow, that's a great job. And I'll ask, I say, hey, did you notice? You know? Yeah. 
I did something today <laughs> for the family. And so it's kind of the same thing. They want to be able, a college coach wants to be able to sit here and go, what is your opinion? Because you've seen them more because you're in the state of Texas. What's your opinion? And they want to make sure that we align with each other. Then the next thing is, you know, if we know anything about a kid, you know, and, and not so much the personal, because you can find out real quick about somebody's personal life by scrolling through the social media. That's true. It's more of if there's uh, um, grades involved, like what, well, typically those things aren't always at our fingertips. So then you connect them with the summer coach or with the high school coach and so forth. But they want to know basically also probably one of the best, best ways is like attitude. What is the attitude like? What, what is it, what happens after the game's over? Uh, you know, do you, do you see them in the stands? Are they, are you talking to them? What do they, you know, what, who else may be recruiting them? There's, there's just these little lines of questions that pop up that where um, it was probably more frequent 10 years ago or so about maybe a little bit more of their, their character of trying to really get deep down in there, but, but social media, you can't hide much in there. Right. And so, uh, they're, they're, um, you know, those are the type of things that they're asking for is, you know, just, just general questions that, that I may have come across or talked to, um, their high school coach. And, and so it's, uh, and, and these people that I talked to, we, we, we there's, there just could be a broad kind of questions, but always, they always want to know if what they seen is what I have seen because we, or we as a staff, because we watch, we concentrate on Texas high school basketball. I mean, I, and I, and I, I can tell you, I mean, that you might be playing in a, an Arkansas team and, and, I'm watching a, a San Antonio team or a, a, a Austin. I get to focus on that Austin team. And then somebody might ask me about somebody. I might know something about the Arkansas guy, but I, I want to focus on those 12. Yeah. That, that, that I am, uh, um, that I'm going to see more often. And, 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 and especially for those high school coaches. Going back to showing up, I can't imagine uh, it, a, a smarter thing for players to do than to go to almost any gasso event that you can. Like I, I'm convinced I somehow wound up in the because the the in the the top players ranking. I think I was eight at my highest, like that was the best I ever got, which golly, like thankful. And I, I do believe though that it a large part of it was because I got in front of Coach Kunstad as much as I could. I mean, we went to all of those, whether it was San Antonio, in Waco, all those camps that we could go get a random jersey on with a random number, and you just play four games, three or four games. And and then also, I mean, it does help having a high school coach that was very active and, and had relationships with those guys. But I think for to the, po- the point that you just said, how huge of an advantage is it to have you and your staff really know about these players because they've shown up and they've been to a lot of places. Yeah. And this is, we're going to talk about this more also at, at, at gas with Ryan. I work with Ryan Massett as, as you've interviewed before. And he's just such a special mind of like strategy and stuff. And we're, we're we have a, a whole education series coming out on recruiting. Nice. And, and and we're using our own experiences, um, whether uh, you were recruited in college, because you know we have Michael Timmons, who who is our who is our film director and our producer of all of our film and social media. Lyndon played at Division Two. Michael played at 
JUCO in Division Three at UTD that you mentioned. Uh, you know, Mass was a high school coach. I have multiple experiences at at two different levels, and and I can tell you this: I was at um, Texas A&M Kingsville twenty years ago. The Division Two has not changed hmm. in terms of probably qualifications and and all the, the the way the league is played. The Lone Star Conference is one of the best long is one of the best in the country. And there's 19 teams and right here in the state of Texas and uh, that that's in that league. And so it's uh, there's a lot to know. And so we we I'm just mentioning this because we're we're educating ourselves as long as for also moving forward with with the other, um, you know, hopefully helping parents and 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 uh, and players along the way. I think one thing that you know that you touched on. We have all these camps and these series and these gassos. You don't have to come to every gasso, and you shouldn't. It's just like anything else. You're not going to just go to the same uh, restaurant every every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday if you're going to go uh, out to dinner. You're going to pick something different, and that's that's great because you get to uh, um, you know play against different teams. Maybe somebody from out of state if you travel to Kansas or and you know, there's so many options out there. I think the one thing that that playing in front of us does and that people don't see is that the notes that are taken that are constantly there for the college coaches and being updated in a database that we have, the 2024 list is already up and maybe nearing 300. You just never know who, what player is really going to pop and who's going to like which player. And so we're, we're taking notes. We have our, and we, we do probably have our own kind of favorites and that we, that we, uh, we have on our, on our, uh, in our own personal database as we're going through all of this, but we talk about just about every single player that we see. And these, especially these camps that we, you know, we're transitioning, not just from link camp, we're transferring to an all academic. It's going to be academic link camp. And so there's no guessing who this is for. This is academic link camp. And, you know, those types of just the academic alone, I've already talked, you know, talked to like the Princeton's and, 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 you know, the division threes around here, the D ones up in the Northeast and stuff, those camps are specialized for these kids, especially for those that, Hey, you might be in somebody from El Paso or Lubbock that, that you just, you weren't on a great high school team. That's okay. They, they come to uh, the link camp or a tops in Texas or, or one of our camps that we have to kind of kind of measure where they are it's a measuring stick for some kids and i mean this goes all the way back like you said to the beginning of the of the 2000 or late 90s when mike Kunstadt did these individual camps to allow people to come and uh play and get evaluated because we take the information things have not changed in the sense of taking the information and giving to college coaches that's always been the same the delivery of it is different now with obviously with technology and so forth and so uh, th- those camps are specialized to give opportunity to give not just the player, but us an opportunity. There's been plenty of people that have walked through that door and go, golly, who? he's a homeschool kid in San Antonio. And then you get to go talk to that kid. Like, are you here to be a better basketball player? Are you here to, oh, I want to play college basketball. And then you can, it's just so easy to kind of feed those names to those college coaches. Love that. Really excited about that academic camp because, you know, being at a private school and one that that it's really hard to get into. uh, I think there's definitely a a large pool of players in Texas that, you know, maybe if they go to, let's just say it's an open gasso where anybody can come. Well, 
they'll fall through the cracks or not really get get the same i guess everybody has the same opportunity so i don't want to be that parent or that you know <laughs> but like you know uh it, it's just it could be different than okay let's get all of these dudes you know three two three five or above in the gym and so that coaches can't that especially like their grade point average quality you know, allows them to go to these schools and that's a different that's a different pool right there um i, I think it's a great idea because yeah, what we're, 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 i think that the academic kid in the state of texas like we we've had to really and mike coonstad if we can talk about it, i know that you yeah. to him a few months back but what he has done it has been really um, amazing as you kind of just sit back as a person, not as not me as a former, you know, he's been retired for four or five years, not because he was one of my closest friends and, and my boss. When, when you sit back and you look at new sports, what he what he kind of started and then other people came in and filled in any kind of gaps that they felt that were needed and so yeah. forth. And everybody wants to be in Texas. Think about that. Think of all of the camps that come to Texas. Well, we're a Texas brand. We're Texas made, and we're here for those Texas kids because you know. But I'm sure you've seen your kids get on a flight to go to go to Boston for an academic camp. Well, let's just have Texas kids just stay in Texas, and we'll yeah. bring information to the college coaches, and the college coaches all also are, are very excited because they're sending us information because these kids and the academic are not just going to walk out with a with a T-shirt. They're going to walk out with hopefully a binder of about 50 or 60 schools that participated with literature of like, this is what Harvard is. This is the enrollment. This is the cost. This is the grade, the average grades to get in and so forth. And so it's, everything's always a, a teaching moment. Everything is always, and, I'm, and, and I'm a teacher by heart. I, I come from teaching background, uh, my wife and everybody. And so I always look for those teachable moments of like, we're, we're not here just to watch basketball. We're here to educate. When do you think uh, have, have you guys had an academic camp yet, or when 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 do you think that's going to start up? It's going to start in September. Uh, awesome. Yeah, we we've had academic camps in because when you fill out the forms, it always asks for academic information. Sure, but we're sort, but um, it was something that that uh, we're well staffed for, and it's just it's time. I mean, everything time means everything, and this has been on uh, this has been on our minds, and especially on my mind for probably eight to ten years of how you know when we were ready. And so, man, you know. I'll tell you, there will be quite a few faith lines there because I think uh, that that's an event, though, that I can really tell my guys like, man, circle, get 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 make sure that weekend is free because they say that they're interested in playing college basketball. And because they can be here, most likely academically, it fits and maybe even financially, because the most of the, if they can afford to be here, I think a a a, a stage like that for them they'll leave knowing for sure you know like this is uh, yeah i can do this or i got a lot more work to do and then also it's very like i said it's very specific you know yep. if you're an academic kid and, you, and you're you going to be there or not type of scenario and it's just like you know all, all, all what we have tried to do over the last few years as, as we continue to grow as a company and, and, and hire more staff is like where are the holes that need to be fixed that we can that we're equipped to do and so it's a uh, but it, but also you you've been through this so you've seen a little bit of the evolution some of it is some of it's like nothing new it's just how how can we be better at our jobs of delivering the information the message the Jamoti podcast is powered by sideline interactive 
Sideline Interactive is the leading manufacturer for high quality, innovative scoring tables and LED video display boards that help coaches and schools bring more excitement to fans, create huge fundraising opportunities, and make their jobs easier. Visit sidelineinteractive.com to check out their amazing products. Sometimes I see on, on Twitter or anywhere on social media, almost like this war between the select coaches and school coaches and this idea between that, that you know, select coaches are really where their college scholarships are going to come from. And so as a high school coach, you can kind of sometimes just step back and be like, hey, listen, it's just on them. They need the, the, the kids and the parents and the select coach. That's where it's going to come from. And then you see sometimes select coaches saying, hey, high school coaches, if you're not getting your kids scholarships, you know, and I remember Wes Watson <laughs> sitting across me going like, what do these people think? That I just got a drawer full of scholarships. I can just pull it up like, here you go. Here you go. And, and so where do you see? I think I want to know, and a lot of coaches, where do you see? What's the role of the high school coach in a player's recruiting today where we are? I think. First, the first thing that we have to always remember is that uh, that y'all have a tough job to do. You're hired as a teacher first. It's, basketball is always secondary. And so um, there's but there is also comes a lot of responsibility when you're a head coach or assistant coach and you have your own personal goals that you want to reach. And so. For for a high school coach, I think, first off, I think that there's also a dynamic here of two different they're two different seasons each each play a a role depending on that season whether it's it's the high school season that feeds and transfers into the spring and summer seasons i think everybody involved could really do a, a great job for for one kid and the role of the high school coach i think is to prepare them um to compete I mean, y'all, y'all have, a, I mean, you, you have to, you have multiple, um, you know, teams of varsity, sub varsity and so forth, freshman teams. And so the role is, is the role. I'm not sure that it's up to anybody to get a kid a scholarship. Kids are limited. We all have flaws, whether we're a basketball player or whether we're uh uh, a school teacher, we always can go to somebody else that's more of an expert in, in the things that we can't do. And so the high school coach, I think, has such a big job of preparing somebody, of putting in, when you put in in strategy, when you, because y'all have the time after school during practices, mm -hmm. whereas a summer coach doesn't have hands-on five days a week like y'all do. So what are you doing? You're learning, you're teaching these kids from my standpoint of teaching them probably some life lessons, a little bit of obviously keeping up with their, having to help them keep up with the academics if, if they need to and reminding them tests, the tests are coming up or what have you, but also how do we play basketball and how are we going to win as a basketball team? What is your role on this basketball team? You know, cause you touched on it earlier. Not everybody can be, a, not everybody can be a, um, um, you know, a, a superstar, person everybody needs to fit in to one of those one of those five slots when they're on the court and so that's where the high school coach now all of that now now we find out what's translatable to the college game and so the college the high school coaches i, I believe that y'all are preparing them for something more and i think also with the tabc 
is getting y'all the ability to get also back in front of those, those yeah. college coaches to have the, the number uh, right at their fingertips to call because you're with them, you know, X amount of hours per, per week. And so I don't know if it's, if it's so much, their role, I think is so much different than, than when you play in spring and summer and you, you know, your son goes in and he has a spring and summer coach and, and it's not always just you. And so, and it's also, you know, and it just kind of probably depends on also the coach, how much does, how far does the high school coach want to take um, their, uh, you know, their relationship with the parents, with the, with the player, what they want to do. I get a lot yeah. of random calls from guys that I, high school head coaches that I have never spoken to, but they're like, what should I be doing? And it's okay mm-hmm. not to know because it's very difficult. They yep. said in three years, in three years, things have changed from when you were recruited. There's a, there's just a, I don't even know if it's a cycle yet. I'm thinking we're going to get back to an old cycle in 2025, which I'll probably get to later, but it's just more so of like, there's a lot to, to, to know, but I always tell parents, I always tell players or anybody, the more you win, the deeper you get in the playoff, the more, the even more recognition you're going to get. It's not on one single person of a high school coach calling, you know, get him a scholarship, get him a scholarship, you know, there's, but definitely that high school coach is there to win games, hopefully and be competitive. And what is that? That translates. And you can continue to go down the, down the road to see how far in playoff run at taps or, or UIL that you go. And we've seen it. We have seen a no name guy that we saw for five or six times in the past two or three years. And now he's a senior and they get hot at that right moment. And all of a sudden, they're, they're in the state finals, and then they're getting a scholarship to a division yeah. one or division mm-hmm. two. So it's, it's, I think being proactive though, as a, as a high school head coach, especially for those that, and, and I think those that have had experiences, um, I don't know if I want to mention, like if you're at a certain school, whether no matter where you're part of, um, college coaches are always going to call that school, that head coach every year because eventually they're going to have a player and those coaches also, I'll just use it. Like David tells you, Dave, David Martinez as the example here from a, a Tascacita. And, and so he's always going to have a traditional uh, uh, player two or three a year. I mean, he's had Carson Edwards that, you know, that went to Purdue and had a heck of a, of a career there and, and, and just never know, but those types of guys like a David Martinez knows that he's got to prepare his guys for that next level and it comes kind of natural whereas somebody else might go golly i'm i got this diamond in the rough and like i just need some questions answered and yeah and, and i think there's more coaches high school coaches that are willing to step up and ask those questions and, and they're doing it and social media has also changed too because social media is your friend and your enemy <laughs> because parents see who's active on their Twitters or their social media, their Instagrams, you as coaches, like uh, you didn't list my son as the highest, high, you know, <laughs> he, he's going to yesterday. Hey, you, know? you got, you got, you yeah. missed one assist yeah. on his, uh, on the score. <laughs> and, and there's got to be some grace here too, because I mean, so yeah. many of our friends are high school coaches, right? Mm-hmm. I went to college with many of them that are, that are doing great stuff across the state. And, and it's like, one, one, one of my friends was like, this is not the job that I was, taught to do hmm. i want to coach but now i have to control I, I since i'm in charge of the program i'm in charge of the social media so that way i know 
if anything happens, there's only one person to blame. It's me. So now you, you know, so those, it, but even those little steps can help. And, 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 and you know what, a, a lot of this also falls on the player because the play, you have to be good, great, whatever, whatever you want to call yourself in order to, to play at the next level. It's not yeah. up to the high school coach. It's not up to your summer league coach. It's kind of up to you. Where's your ability? Mm. So I think some people, so I, I think that where you can be great at any job, but how do you prepare yourself for that? You can be, do you want to be the best teammate or, or do you want to be the best you so you can go get a scholarship? What are you putting in line first? What is your first priority as a, as a high school player? It's good. Has to, that, that has to fall. We, you know, I'm a nine and seven year old. Right or wrong, I don't know if this is good parenting or not, but they but they get to say when they have a feeling, they get to express that feeling with no boundaries. I think that when you're 16, 17, 18 year old, you as a young entering as a young adult, you have to be you have to take responsibility. And it starts with you. How hard are you working? How you know, saying how bad do you want it? Well, I think both yeah. teams want it, right? When you go yeah. out there, the 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 they just wanted it more. I disagree yeah. with that. <laughs> it came down to one or two plays. And so and it is the same thing. It's, it's, uh, I just don't know how bad do you want it? Well, you know, I feel Forte is probably one of the best examples. That dude, that he, him, he, he I, I go back to this. He's one of those guards who are six foot and under, but he was up every morning at 4 30. He was up at five o'clock. Maybe I'm exaggerating the time, but no, it's it's legit. Yep. He was out there shooting baskets. He was out there hitting 500 shots, a thousand shots. And what did he do at the end of the night? He did it again. Yep. That's, but not everybody is programmed like a one percenter. We have to be able to be, to realize who we are. Cause I can, I, 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 you know, it is such a, even to this day, call Phil Forte. Ask him what time he gets up every morning. What he does? He's working on at five or five thirty. That guy's a machine. I use that as a, I use that as an example because it's a very easy example, and everybody probably across the state probably is familiar with with a Phil with Phil Forte. Oh, you know a Phil Forte. Yeah. Where are you? Don't blame other people. What are you doing to earn your scholarship? If you can play, you will be found. That's just plain and simple. And the truth is, and you nailed it right there at the end. That's a long way of saying how much is a high school. (laughs) No, it's good. But the truth is, is why, why aren't there more Phil Fortes? Because it's freaking hard to do that. (laughs) It takes so much time. You have to sacrifice so much. And the majority use that word one percenter. Yeah. The 99% aren't willing to do that. And there's nothing wrong with that. That doesn't mean that you're a bad player or a bad person, but just don't be surprised when your your high school career is over and you don't have exactly what you want. Because to Stan Bonowitz's idea of gassing out, I mean, most players, in my opinion, don't gas out. They don't reach that ceiling. They're not even near it because they're not willing to stoop, to sacrifice. I think that's part of what's our role as high school coaches is to speak in truth and love and let them know when what their aspirations are, their habits are not on par with those aspirations. and, and Or, or uh, celebrate and encourage when you do see them 
putting in the time necessary and help them to keep going with that delayed gratification when you don't feel like you're seeing improvement. I think there's two statements that as high school coaches, we got to be careful of. One is that it's all up to select ball. I, I don't agree with that. And then two, that if they're good, they'll be found. Because even though that's true, yeah, there's are those guys that you it, once they do get seen, okay, maybe more of a door can open up. And that because I agree with that statement. I don't care what program you play. If you can hoop, man, someone's going to find you. But what it like, what can I do as a high school coach instead of just sitting back and resting on that? And like you said, kind of putting oh. it all on the player instead of that. What else can I do? And which is so my question to you then is, uh, let's just say I have a a player that for whatever reason, maybe he's a little smaller, uh, maybe athleticism hasn't hasn't kicked in, but I see something in him. Can, like, is it helpful to send even highlight clips out or to start uh, contacting coaches early on a kid that? Like right now, okay, well, let me see. Let, let, let He should come out to us. And in, in my heart, I'm like, wow, I don't know if he's ready yet. You know, but so I guess what's the balance there for a high school coach? So, and, and I understand your question. And, and and even with social media, there's there's a lot of kids because it's called Twitter recruiting. But if, like I said, I think there is some substance there that if you can play, people are going to find you because – when they start traveling in the time of spring and summer, when they do travel, there's, there's some guys on that list that you go, where was he? Well, he was over in Lovell land, Texas, which most people know, but I'm just using to kind of throw it sure. out. Maybe Dodge Texas or something, but the, everything is, is, is needs to be structured in Ryan mass. It has, has, um, has some resources that, uh, that he had built, you know, in, as a high school coach, sending out highlights are great because it piques the interest. I, I sent somebody yesterday, a Division One coach, a uh, a clip that he asked for, and it's a guy that he just he made a it was just a dunk. And this is a, a foreign kid that I had come across that was sent to me. So he goes and he just goes from the hash mark and it just looks like he's just in the effort and dunks. He goes, "Well, that piqued my interest. I need film." So I got him in touch with whoever. That was just because through a conversation, right? For you, the same thing. It's sending out highlights are great because that's going to pique the interest. But I told you that things haven't changed in, in many, many years. It kind of goes back to my experience. I wanted a full game film of somebody so you can see the good. The bad. You want a good game? It's always great to send a, a college coach when they have the time to watch a good game, an okay game, and a bad game. Because what did you do in that bad game? Did you, did you, did you go two for 12, which is okay because it happens, right? But what were you doing to make up for your lack of maybe, maybe you just weren't focused that day. Maybe you just had a bad day, but you had four steals. You had six rebounds. You, you, you know, you were using your intelligence. You saw the clock. You called the timeout at the right time. That was the unsolicited by the high school coach. Bad games can still equal great outcomes for you as a player. And that's really uh, um, getting probably more to your point of like the high school coach 
it can be there's never I've never heard of a coach upset for a high school coach reaching out. I mean, now <clears throat> there are like some services that just like mass produce and, and, and that, that that parents pay for. And unfortunately, there will be college coaches that hit select all delete. Yeah. Because you don't know what you're getting. The personal part about this is you, you talking to the talking to that college coach, whether you had a relationship with them or not. But that leads to different things. Because now once you kind of set that stage and they have highlights uh, of 100% shooting percentage, and then they have a good game, uh, a good game, an okay game, and a bad game, now they have a lot to draw from. Yeah. But nine times out of 10, um, well, I don't know what the percentage is. I can't say 90% of the time. And it's going to, highlights will pique somebody's interest. And that's where it all starts from. Because we're also in an air in a in a time where college coaches can do a lot of things by sitting at their desk. Not that they're not working. It's just recruiting for different levels have gotten easier because of the portal and somebody sitting there going, oh, I'm going to go steal one in this class. Nobody's recruiting this kid. So you never know of your film's going to get into the right hand. And so that's where the proactiveness of the of the high school coach helps, but it also helps that you have a good player. And I love that's a great nugget too, because as a coaching piece, talking to players, like like guys, listen, I mean, even in your bad games, there's a lot that we can learn from that. How do you handle adversity? What kind of teammate are you? Are, are you a guy that they can have you in the foxhole with them? Like I think coach that or I keep calling you coach because you did coach, but yeah, look, Blue, that was a great nugget right there. Yeah, there's and there's there's just so but also the 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 player is what we're learning too is an extension of everything that they ever done because of the social if 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 a player will set up, you know, if you if if you're going by if your Twitter handle because Twitter's used so much is AW2424. And then you put Ryan. Well, how many of those are out? You can't find it. Yeah, that's and, spam. That's yeah. spam. Yeah. And so we had, and so, but some, some kids are just like just so generically putting something up there or putting a nickname. No one's gonna find you. And so that extension of where the high school coach starts and stops or where the summer and then transitions into the spring and summer coaches and what their responsibilities are. So I think there are two different responsibilities, uh, but some, if you put it, what is it, a Venn diagram, you're going to have a lot in that middle there that are the same, that overlap. That's right. But the, the but a player can help themselves. They're, they're, a Twitter is your billboard. The Twitter is your marketing tool, is your branding. And we have, and we also have, you know, and things I'm telling you are things that uh, that we have in store or, or already have released. And so, and I have, I have seen that, and I really appreciate on social media. And Ryan, I think, is a big part of that too. But you guys have been giving out a lot of helpful resources to parents and players in the form of like, this is what your Instagram, this is what your your Twitter should look like, and and, and helpful hints like I. I just really appreciate that. Yeah. And so that, that right there alone is, is the gateway to so many things yep. because 
there are college coaches that look on there. There are, you know, having, it's, it's easy to, to, for, you know, if you're an academic, put your, put your GPA, but I, I, you know, um, you can put as much information on there as you want. I think, you know, some things might be better if you leave it for a DM so you can send them uh, something else uh, that, that a college coach might need. But I think it's, 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 there's three parts to this and there, there's, yeah. or even four, cause there's the, the parent, the player, the high school coach and the summer, the, the, the spring summer coach. There's, I mean, there's, it, there's just a lot right there to cover. I'm going to do it. I'm going to ask you, cause you kind of said it earlier about the portal. Yeah. How I, I know we all, I know we, we all know it's affected recruiting, but how has it affected the recruiting process for high school players? And where do you see that going in the future? So here's, here's, I, I, I'm going to throw out generically a number here to you. So back in 2020, when the, when the uh, NCAA decided that they were going to grant everybody an extra year, um, 300, let's say there's 350 division one. I think there's 363 division one teams. Okay. Yeah. Right around there. Okay. So let's just say there's, we'll even make it smaller, 300 teams with 13 scholarships per program. All right. So now you take that, that's over 3,000, that's pushing four, 13, what is that? Do your quick math. Uh, it's like 3,500 students. That's on you, man. Yeah. yeah. It's about 3,500. I'm just like generically using 300. Yeah. yeah. So thir- you're, you're pushing 300 and say there's 3,500 3, extra scholarship years. That doesn't run out until 2025. Now it's decreased. That number has decreased, obviously, over time. Um, uh, depending on which year, and I'm I'm very OCD, so I'm gonna. So 350 times 13 was 4,550 scholarships that were basically given back to somebody that already had it. So what the portal has done now that these that these guys have an extra year, all of the COVID years will run out, I believe, in 2025, and I think that will be a cycle back to having to go get more high school kids. We've seen a couple cycles though, before I hit on the 2025 class is that before the pandemic, you had the over recruitment of junior college kids. They, they were going high major, mid majors, when really those, those players weren't really suited for that level, but they were recruit, getting recruited at that level because of a need. Mm-hmm. So now you got the portal here who has changed the basically everybody wants to be older everybody wants experience right and they're and these college coaches are willing to take that one year experience that one year left of that covid year to make that run with 23s and 24 year olds okay yeah so when this is happening now you have all of these players in a portal which this year i feel like my example of the junior college years of people getting over recruited, the portal's not very talented this year, though it's once again, it's deep. So people are going to take a chance on a 23 year old over a 17, 18 year old coming out of high school. Is that right or wrong? That's just the way it is right now. Now, when we get to the class of 2025, graduating class of 2025 in college, we should see all of those COVID years moved out. Okay. Cause there's still, thousands of those scholarships that are still out there for that 22, 23, 24 year old. Where do we go from there? The portal's still going to be in play. 
people are still going to be using NIL money. People are still going to jump into the jump into the portal and go to a higher to higher uh, um, uh, level. People are going to switch schools. But I think when the when we get to that 2025, you're going to see more of those high school kids creeping with their opportunities again. Because like I said earlier, there, there's, if, if you're a college coach at a non-D1 or even a low division one or mid-major, you can do a lot of things just right here, looking at your screen, looking at highlights that were sent from the high school coach, looking yeah. at uh, um, uh, reading Twitter, whatever you want to get your resources from. All of a sudden now you're able to, to zone in right now on some kids that maybe you weren't able to a few years ago, especially the non-division ones. They're able to, to zone in and, and, and a phone call is that gift, right? That we talked about earlier. You, you go with it because you know what? You, you may fall in love with a division two or D three. Uh, and, and then, uh, you know, later on before you commit, then you get a division one offer or something. It, it's just, it's just, you just never know how it's going to play out, but there's plenty of opportunities right now at different levels for high school kids, as long as they're patient. So. There, there it is. I think you nailed it because my follow-up was going to be so the next two years, you know, what this year and then next, because that's really what we're talking about. Because that that following year, uh, that 2025 year, it might start to get, uh, I think normal is a matter of perspective. Like, yeah. it's uh, you know, and, but so what do the kids do right now when you're not in the top 100 on any given list and like I guess you said it'd be patient, but Here, here's here's you, you've you've hit on that a couple of times, and, and you're saying a top 100 list, which are rankings. Right, rankings are a guideline, and especially if you it, the way we do things, and the college coaches get our information. Every it, there's tiers to everything. There's that tier. There's that level of play, and the new top 100 is really kind of like the top 150 because there's so many kids out there because you just don't know. I, I, I've seen through social media of, of kids that I, like I said, that I had never heard of, right. I don't see everybody. And they're going to Southwest Baptist university at Trinity or something. And you're like, how did that coach get connected with this kid for that player? When all these other ones are, in, which these other ones are, are, pretty good and aren't being looked at and so you just never know and so rankings i look at it as yeah you, you can't get caught up in rankings with the number because then you can get really really stressed yeah. and everything else and then but those those are a guideline because is there because one two and three if you're looking at numbers one two three four five six maybe one through ten one through that might mean something like that yes. really does have a, and I think that's really what I meant to by that. The top, because yeah. top 100 to me, I, I was referring to more in the country because then you look at that top 10 list and in, in most states. And I mean, that's kind of the similar names are circulating through that. Some, but then uh, I want, I was just reminded cause you, I think you nailed it. Mike neighbors had a great, quote about because they were ranked something you know in the top 20 for their team and i think it's important for even coaches in the high school teams to think about it like this like rankings don't mean everything and you got to think that way and they said but they don't mean nothing yeah like yeah. It, it means something but it can't be well, 
Yeah, I, I've arrived. Let's bring, come on in, coaches. I'm on the top 150 list. I can stop training. I can stop. You know, like, oh man, let it that fuel you to oh. do more. And uh, because it is like, it's like a, the moment that a player gets a a, a a response, they get a call, they get a handwritten letter, they get a a, a program following them. You know, like it doesn't mean everything. It doesn't mean you've got an offer. But it doesn't mean yeah. nothing either. Right, right. And, th- and that's uh, people watch that. You, you bring it. Man, I was talking to somebody the other day who's a former college coach. And I was kind of, it, I always, I there's always a learning experience, I think, in most conversations. Not all. There's never anything absolute, right? Hopefully in this oh, one, there's been, okay. if, on my end, for sure. But I don't Man, know you're, you're going to learn real quick. Like, what was Blue talking about there? I got to go. Whatever. Oh, God, you don't want to be in an office with me. Yes, <laughs> Yes, it gets, I get, oh gosh, it can get crazy. So, so just talking to somebody, I was just talking to a former college coach and he said, um, yeah, we went to this tournament and so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so started following him. And I had to think there for a second and I'm thinking, I'm processing and I get off the phone, I go following. So how many games did these coaches follow him? And I got on social media and I went and I looked specifically, I was like, they're following him on social media this is a whole other topic for another session but it's a big deal yeah i learned at that point i was like oh they're not acting like you said they're not actively recruiting him but following him yeah something it's like it's like what kids say it's like what kids say ah we're just talking well well, so are you dating or are you not like what is that it's the it's the beginning it's moving in that direction and i think what a great! Uh, oh yeah. my gosh! Hey, well, blue, blue the speed right. the speed round. Um, I, I want to get this in before I, I've got to jump off. But yeah, um, favorite ice cream flavor? Vanilla. Pretty plain. Greatest shooter of all time? Ray Allen is the first one that comes to me. Even though I want to say Sean Elliott, because I'm a San Antonio guy. But go ahead. Wow, there you go. Thirty-seven point five percent from three pointers. Yeah, you so, you. What was it? The the uh, Memorial Day miracle when he had his feet. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> texting or talking? Oh, talking. talking. Greatest. Hey, hey, I, I get too many things mixed up in translation Translation with my wife. I need to talk. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Greatest basketball movie of all time? I was going to say Teen Wolf earlier, but that's not really, even though they won a city's championship. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, but. Oh, yeah. I mean, is it, is, I mean it, it's Hoosiers, right? I'll just say this. Michael J. Fox did not, in my opinion, did not pass for a basketball player uh, I, I just did not not believe it at all um, and, um hey i didn't know a five two guy could dunk the way <laughs> that's right Harry. okay this i'm interested about for high school shot clock or no shot clock i want a shot clock i'm all about thinkers i want somebody to think i want a coach to think i want i want the ball in a, i want a ball in the point guard's hand with 12 seconds and see what he's going to run no, I, I love that. I love that. Too. And I just didn't know how you would view it because, I mean, you do watch so many high school games. It, like, there's into play yeah. only a couple of times. Yep. Yeah. But I, 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 I'm, I'm, I like the thinking man part of it. Yeah. I, I like the last two minutes of a game. I love that. Favorite holiday? Christmas. What, what book would you give someone? More than a carpenter. Nice. Nice. Uh, favorite place to travel? Mm. 
Well, this is on our, this is on my to-do list. So I'm going to take the, the kids. We're going to travel. We're going to, within, before they get out of high school, they're going to visit all three military academies. Very cool. Yeah. They're beautiful places. And I think that uh, um, them knowing our history. and A little appreciation. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. As a, an evaluator, what's your biggest basketball pet peeve? Dumb basketball. I do not like the I think I look at it from a guard perspective of, of if get the ball out of your hands don't over the over dribbling and then all of a sudden you know is you're down at three seconds because for the past 13 seconds you knew in your mind you, you wanted to take that last shot and play hero ball and what do you do you go commit a charge or you turn the ball over yeah I can't stand it love that how many cups of coffee do you drink per day Okay, so <laughs> I believe it or not, I take ADHD medicine. So I had to stop with the coffee, but on my good days of coffee, I could probably hit about six or seven. Atta boy. Let's go. Let's get real here. Last one, uh, especially because I already know the Star Wars one. So last question. In, in basketball, who is the GOAT? That's Michael Jordan. No, there's no, no hesitation. Yeah. No. And there won't be any hesitation for my for my seven year old. So. Nice, you're you're nice. training him well. Star Wars, uh -huh. Michael Jordan, military academies. You got it. Oh uh, yeah, and coffee. I miss my coffee every once in a while. Yeah. Hey man, uh, this was so enjoyable. And I, I like I said at the beginning, I've in, I've really appreciated our friendship. I do feel like uh, you're just one. You're one of the best people out there. But really, thank thank you for everything that you do for the game. And that you do for players, because I can't imagine the way that Coach Thomas influenced my life. A lot of these players won't even realize or know how much you've helped or changed the trajectory of their path. So really appreciate you, man. Let me end on this right here, because you talk about Coach Tommy Thomas. I think he means a lot to a lot of people. And I got to I was stunned. So the first time I meet him, uh, my last name, obviously, is Zertucci. I just introduced myself as blue. I go up to him. I might have told you a story. He goes, hey, I'm Tommy Thomas. I go, I'm blue. And he takes this pause. He goes, what's your name? I go, blue. He goes, what do you think you are, Madonna? Like, <laughs> one, he, he, so, yes, Tommy. I just still go back. That's right. <laughs> so, in Tommy Thomas fashion. It was, it was, never, it was never a dull moment with him. So, Man, this hey, is all. I went, I, went to a, I went to a lunch or two with him and Coach Foster. Oh, goodness. That, that's good. That's a good time. Yeah. Well, man, hey, just really appreciate yeah. your time. This, this was awesome. All right, buddy. Anytime. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.